With all of the cool tools and resources out there, it's important to structure your STEM lesson that is rooted in standards, but still engaging. In this episode, I will be sharing with you four different ways that you can plan a STEM lesson and make it work for the time that you have in your classroom. Welcome to the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast, a show that'll help you with lesson ideas, systems, and actionable tips to apply to your classroom. I am your host, Naomi Meredith, a former classroom teacher turned current STEM teacher and coach. With over a decade of experience teaching and a master's degree in STEM leadership, I am here to coach you throughout the year to help you gain back more time to create innovative experiences for your students. Grab your earbuds and let's get started. In the last episode, episode 24, we talked about how to organize all of those ideas and lead up into the actual lesson planning for your STEM lessons. So make sure to go back and check that out because we are at the tail end of that episode and how to really dive into that planning. Also, if you're curious about how to actually plan your whole STEM scope and sequence, I also recommend checking out episode 14, and I go more into detail about that process. So how do you structure a STEM lesson? Here are four ways that you can structure your STEM lesson, and I know that you are going to find a way that works best for you, and you might even try all four of these ideas as well. First are multi-day projects. For this and all of the different ways to plan I'm going to be talking about, I use the engineering design process as my base, especially when it comes to those multi-day projects. I am really zoning in on the engineering design process. If that's a process that you're not using, this is when you can implement project-based learning, design thinking, the launch process, or even the scientific method. Whatever method you are using for planning, this is when I think about those longer multi-day projects. When I'm thinking about multi-day projects, I'm thinking projects that will obviously last more than one day, about three to five days, and you have 40 minutes plus with your classes. I will definitely stretch out and use all of my days with my second and fifth graders and really dive into all of those stages of the engineering design process. For my first and kindergarten students, I typically have their multi-day projects last about three days. And then I use the remaining two days of my week doing STEM stations, which is another way of planning we're going to talk about later in this episode. When working on multi-day projects, here is how I break up all of the stages of the engineering design process. Day one is all about ask and imagine. So using all of those resources to build background and really dive into that S, that science part of the project. Day two is finishing up any imagining and really zoning in on their plans and being thoughtful with those plans. Then days three through five are all about that creation, experimenting and improving, which those stages go back and forth a lot, and then eventually sharing their work in a way that makes sense for that project. I do see kids K through five, five days in a row, the same six classes throughout that same week. If you're a teacher who sees different classes every day, here's how I might split up your multi-day projects. Day one would be all about your ask and imagine. Day two, you could finish up the imagining stage and really dive into the plan and starting to gather materials. 
Maybe you don't have them build quite yet because you probably don't have anywhere to store projects that are being built. Then the final week that they come, day three, or if you do want to carry it into day four, the kids are really diving into the creation, experimenting and improving, and the share piece. Again, remember to have smaller projects. This will also help kids get their buildings done a lot faster. And if you are storing projects for more than one day, if the projects are smaller, then you will have more ways to creatively store those projects. I know storage can be really tricky. especially when we're not always given classrooms that were originally designed to be a STEM space. Now, multi-day projects might not work best for everybody, and that's okay. Sometimes your schedule is definitely out of your control. So this is for my people who do see the kids one day a week, or if you need ideas for sub plans, or if you have a weird week, or you do see kids one week, one day, but then you see them the rest of the week. So for example, there was one year that I taught my schedule was a bit funky. On Mondays, I taught eight classes a day. I did say eight for 35 to 40 minutes. I can't remember exactly, but I taught eight classes in a day. It was insane. <laughs> Let me tell you, I was super sweaty at the end of the day. That was on Mondays. Tuesday, I was co-teaching with the classroom teachers to help them implement STEM and technology in their instruction. Then Wednesday through Friday, I had the same classes, my same six classes, K through five, for three days in a row. My multi-day projects, I really had to zone in on, make them more simple, and even shorten some stages of the engineering design process. I also, on those Mondays, didn't connect it with my Wednesday through Friday schedule because it wasn't always the same kids that lined up for that week. So I used this method of challenge of the day on my Mondays where it was a quick STEM lesson that had elements of the engineering design process and still planned with standards, but it would start and finish within that Monday. So that's all the time that we got. So this brings me into my second way to structure your STEM lessons, and that is challenge of the day. And like the name says, you are done with the challenge in one day. It does have elements of the engineering design process. You could go through them very quickly or really zone in on one or two of them, but you are literally done in one day. So here are some examples of challenge of the day that I have done on those random one day lessons. The year that I had that one day, this is when I did all of those dot day activities. They were quick. They were fun. Students were able to express their creativity, but they were complete in one day, and that was perfect for dot day. If you are interested in hearing the types of activities that I did for dot day, make sure to go back and listen to episode 16, and I give you five different STEM lessons that you can try in your classroom. Another great use of these one-day activities is to do those themed holiday lessons. At the time of this recording, I am in the middle of fall, and I have five fall STEM activities that you could try in your classroom back in episode 23. Another great use of your challenge of the day is thinking about those quick STEM projects that are definitely rooted in standards that students can explore and really zone in on those science topics. I do take home STEM kits called STEM snack packs, and these are quick challenges that families can do together and explore, or it could be a great option for challenge of the day, 
Or if you really don't want to plan using the STEM snack pack models, then this could also be a really great sub plan. One of my lessons for this is a foil boat challenge. So students are given one large piece of foil. They design a boat with just the foil. And then they test different objects to see how much it will weigh. So they make a hypothesis of how many of that same object they think their boat will hold. Then they try lots of different things within that boat. And then they can even calculate the weight of the items that it held. Things that you could put in your boat would be small marbles, Lego bricks, or even popsicle sticks. Tiny things that you might have laying around. And then you could find the weight of those things and help them do the calculations. So again, quick one-day activities where it really is a challenge of the day. The third way that you can structure your STEM lessons, it's very similar to challenge of the day, but that is STEM and stories. This one is definitely a favorite for when I have sub plans. And if you're a library specialist who is implementing STEM, this is definitely for you. Of course, read the story to your students. And if you are short on time, I really recommend you pre-recording yourself reading the story. You could definitely get an ebook version of this and screen record yourself reading it. And it's even more fun if you're reading this at home with your pets or your children. I have my little dog, Frederick, when I do this. (laughs) And the kids love it because I talk to him throughout the story. And the kids feel like that they're at home with me. And they have that connection piece as well. If I am personally the one pre-reading this story, the students are just as engaged as they would be if I was reading it in person. But that way I can gather any supplies that are needed for this STEM and Stories Challenge. Or even when I have students who are coming in, just who have a hard time with transitions, they come in later in my lesson. So that way I can chat with them and handle any of those situations. And then once the story is over, all the kids are ready to go. I definitely recommend doing this. This is a great time-saving hack. STEM and Stories lessons can last for one day, or you can also stretch it out to multiple days. One of my favorite is after reading the story, Not a Box, students will create a straw marble maze. I use Amazon Cardboard as their base and I have it pre-cut and students use tape and straws to create the maze for their marble to travel through. You can experiment with different marbles such as really round marbles or marbles that have a flat side and see how it changes the pace of their game. After listening to the story on day one, Students can create their straw cardboard maze, and then the second day, they can do all of the math and peer review that goes along with it. They can calculate how fast the marble goes through their maze. They can add points to their game. They can write the rules and then have other people play their game and receive feedback on how the game went and then make modifications along the way. Just like any of these, you can always extend them further and add even more elements of STEM. But STEM and Stories is a great way to highlight those common core standards that go along with reading literature, or you could even do a nonfiction text and really highlight their informational standards as well. The fourth way that you can structure your STEM lesson planning is using STEM stations. My first couple of years teaching STEM, I did STEM stations a lot K through five. This was a way for me to test out all the random supplies that was in my classroom and see what would work for different types of grade levels, 
and really see my kids' skills and capabilities when it came to using different types of tools. Now, while being in my fifth year teaching STEM, I have a pretty good grasp on what the capabilities are for all different grade levels, and I really only use STEM stations K through 1. Again, this isn't just a primary thing. I highly recommend using stations when you're short on time, so you could also test out all of those interesting tools. For most weeks when I'm teaching kindergarten and first grade, I will do a longer project that is three days, or it is smaller challenge of the day projects around the same theme. And then the last two days are STEM stations. The way that I like to structure STEM stations and that has worked best for time, I have four stations and students rotate through two a day. So here's how I explain it to the kids. Hold up two fingers on one hand. Hold up two fingers on the other hand. What is two plus two? They usually can tell me four. Well, great. We're going to do two today, two tomorrow. If you don't get to your favorites today, when are you going to do them? And they say tomorrow. Tomorrow. So they understand that they will get through all the stations as long as they're at school and everybody's happy and I can get through explaining the lessons, often showing a short video that correlates with the science standard and they're able to do the first station, clean up, stand at their clean station, point to the next station they're going to, complete that station, clean up, and they are ready to go all in 45 minutes. Also, I don't throw out random things for the kids to do. I still plan everything with themes and with standards. Again, this does take careful planning and you can pull out bits and pieces of the engineering design process. Now, I told you I like to plan with four stations. So naturally, I plan each station that goes along with each letter of STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. This also helps make sure that I am planning stations that have a variety of tasks for students to do, and they are getting a well-balanced experience in their STEM station rotations. For example, here are the four stations that I used when I taught Sun, Moon, and Stars to first grade. We first started off with a related video with SciShow Kids. Then the science station was Moon Phase Puzzles where they had all of the different moon phases cut up and then they put those puzzles back together and got to learn and recognize the details within each of those phases. The technology station was day and night coding where students used B-bots or Bluebots. They rolled a dice and there were pictures on the grid that went to each of those things that can be seen during the day, night, or both. The engineering station was some space inspiration. So students had Lego bricks to build various things that go along with space and all those different images that were provided to them. If I wanted to mix it up with that space engineering board, I did also have some flashcards I got from the Target Dollar Spot forever ago, and it shows real-life pictures of things that can be found in space and interesting facts on the back. I had both options for students, and they could choose what worked best for them. The math station was GeoBoard Constellations, and students had different images of famous constellations that they could build using the GeoBoards, and then check off on their laminated list of which constellations they were able to build during that time. Stations can have a little bit more prep work when it comes to the supplies, but if you are teaching a lot of classes, it's definitely worth the time, and then you have the tools ready to go for many years to come 
And the kids are even more engaged because they all go together and are planned around their standards and go along with that theme. As a recap, here are the four different ways that you can structure planning your STEM lessons. First are multi-day projects. Next are challenges of the day. Third are STEM and stories lessons. And fourth, STEM stations. This episode is definitely about finding a planning structure that will work best for you and really root your lessons in standards and research so the experiences are super meaningful and you are really digging into those experiences in your own STEM way. If you want lesson planning templates for this and really dive into structures and routines when it comes to planning and setting up your STEM space, I welcome you to join my course, STEM Teacher 101, where I dive in deeper on all of these topics, give you templates and resources, a bonus community to chat with, and you even get five PD credit hours that you can take in your own time and be the STEM superstar that you are. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore or send me an email to elementarystemcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out my website, naomimeredith.com to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources, or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.